0: Welcome to Let's Talk Sales. This is the podcast for anyone interested in growing sales. Today's episode of Let's Talk Sales is brought to you by our ebook, Leadership for Organizational Growth. Be sure to download a copy today. You can find it in the notes for today's show at criteriaforsuccess.com pod374. This is Elizabeth Frederick, and the story of how today's guest and I got connected is kind of hilarious. I actually called him completely across the world in the middle of the night when I thought we had a call and he did not. So he is very patient and I'm sure you guys will enjoy getting to know him now that we both know we are in the same place to have a conversation. (laughs) He is the impact pilot at Jacobs Effect Incorporated, helping small business owners convert the leads they receive into the best clients they could ever want. He's an accomplished speaker and a coach, and he has had a really interesting career journey, starting with theater management and including everything along the way from sales leadership to coaching to owning a fitness club. He is based in Taipei, Taiwan. Welcome to the show, Tom Jacobs.
1: Hey, thanks for having me, Elizabeth. It's great to be here.
0: I'm so glad that you could join me. And I just shared highlights of your bio, what people could maybe find out from LinkedIn, but I'd love it if you could introduce yourself to our listeners.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So Tom Jacobs and I've kind of coined the phrase, or I don't know, coined the phrase, but I've been an entrepreneur for thirty plus years, um, and you could probably tell if you saw a picture of me, I'm bald. So I've been <laughs> pulling my hair out for for about that length of time as well. But um, basically, that just really means I'm allergic to working for other people and completely <laughs> unemployable. So um, I I love kind of that entrepreneurial journey. But uh, I've always had that net beneath me, like even with the theater management and kind of working in theater, I always had a corporate job that kind of supported my two worst habits, which are eating and living indoors. So it was through that kind of journey that I went through that I I realized at some point in my life, I need to either... um, do the business or get off the pot, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And it was uh, back in 2008 that I that I decided to just go all in on a fitness club, and uh, so I bought an existing facility and uh, quickly expanded it. And realized within six months that I had no earthly idea how to run a small business, even though I'd been managing millions of dollars of freight for um, oil companies, and. It was at that point that was really the turning point for me where i needed to really learn how to sell and how to manage a small business and through that process kind of my whole life just kind of changed and the trajectory of it changed as well and i've gone into coaching and speaking and and selling uh from there and it's just been a a whirlwind uh adventure Uh, which which should be life, right? It should always be an adventure.
0: Absolutely. And I I find so many people who've kind of had that experience of a lot of success and a good period of time where you were learning and growing and, and achieving results, and then you do strike out on your own. And some people are lucky enough that everything just works out and it's perfect and they can leverage those skills and abilities. But most of us realize that there are some bumps in the road. <laughs> and <laughs> um, and it's from those bumps, right, from those challenges that a lot of learning happens. And you see where maybe you've gotten from a from a one to a three in 10 years in one job. You have to jump from a three to a 15 <laughs> in three months at, uh, you know, something that you founded yourself where you're are, you know, fully dependent on your success to do things like eat and live indoors.
1: Right. Exactly. Yeah. I, r- I really feel that that that's exactly what happened when I, when I opened the, the fitness club, because it was, it was really out of passion that I decided to open that because I was, I was overweight. I was unhealthy. So I had high blood pressure, high cholesterol. I was 30 years old at the time. And, uh, when, when I was this unhappy, and it was through the the transformation that I went through of, you know, losing 40 pounds of fat, gaining 10 pounds of muscle in 12 weeks that I found the the love of fitness and decided to then pursue fitness and became a personal trainer, still working at the corporate job. I was personal training before work, after work, at lunchtime and and loving that, but also realizing that the corporate job was sucking the life out of me. And then finally in 2008, I left my corporate gig and went all in on, on the fitness uh, club.
0: That's a, a wonderful story. And I think so much often comes right from that passion, from that personal experience. And you kind of went from one personal experience of fitness and lifestyle change to opening a fitness club. Yep. And then a personal experience of growing a business. Mm-hmm. and went into, you know, talking to other people about growing a business and some of the lessons that you learned along the way.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And it's funny that I, th- I think everybody has that within them, but it's just looking at that the opportunities that are presented when, when they are presented. And if you're open to opportunities and you just say yes to things instead of always saying no to things, then, you know it's amazing what will happen you know quick story you say that I'm, I'm in Taipei so you told the listeners I'm, I'm in Taipei Taiwan and a lot of people and I'm not Taiwanese <laughs> so I'm you know born in in the US and of, of European descent so um people are like well how'd you get to Taiwan or why did you choose Taiwan and I said well I I believe Taiwan chose me because it was in March of 2020. I was living in, in the Philippines for a little bit and and I was traveling back to the US for a you know two-week trip. I was going to do some speaking and some teaching and, and uh, go to some events. And of course we all know what happened in March of 2020. I was actually on the last flight out of Cebu in the Philippines and headed to Taipei where the, uh, I had a two-day layover. And uh, when I arrived in Taipei, you know the whole world was kind of shutting down. And uh, Taiwan had announced that they were closing their borders in two days on the 17th. And I arrived on the 15th. <laughs> and at, at that point, I was just like, you know what? I think I'm just going to stay here and hang out and see what what this is all about. And I'm really, really thankful that I did. But that, that two-day layover turned into now three years.
0: Uh, that's such an amazing story and really clear evidence of that strategy of just saying yes to opportunity. Right. Because I know people who maybe were in Italy when lockdowns started, or they were, you know, in various places and they put a lot of time and effort and money into getting home. <laughs> and right. the real philosophy, the real approach there was just, you know, get back to as normal as it can be. And certainly if you've got, you know, kids or, or job responsibilities or family, you know, whatever it might be that are keeping you where you are, um, I've been in my apartment. Seventeen years. So I'm not saying everybody, you know, can and should just pick up and move, but you saw an opportunity and you just went for it, and it's it's worked out, and that's really impactful and um, uh, a great example of what it is that you're that you're talking about.
1: Yeah, yeah, personal stories.
0: So it's funny because speaking of personal stories, when I first started talking to you. I got the information about you and it looked like you kind of talked about storytelling, storytelling. That's a good topic. That's interesting. Lots of people talk about storytelling though. I was like, what's the unique spin? And then you started talking and I saw, you know, on your website and and materials, you have a real focus on people telling their personal story and you've just given us a couple examples of that. But I do think that it's atypical, right? Unless they're in an interview context. Conversational context like this, a lot of people feel it's not appropriate to tell my personal story. I need to just focus on business. I need to focus on you know features and benefits and problems we solve. Why do you feel it's so important to tell a personal story?
1: Yeah, I mean, especially in sales, and and you know, I've always been in kind of the the, the fitness and the wellness uh, space and coaching, where it's all very personal. But yet we see a lot of uh, marketing online now that takes you through a funnel and then a landing page and then you buy the program and you don't really, you don't talk to anybody. And to me, if you're offering a personal service, personal training, uh, online coaching, coaching, anything like that, medical, things like that, you need to be personal with people and they need to know, like, and trust you, the person that's selling it to it, because when we are selling, we're selling person to person, not you know uh, company to company. There's no personality really in a company, but in the people within that company there is. And when you're able to share your passion and the reason why you're passionate about helping that prospect, you're gonna be a lot better off than somebody that just goes through features and benefits. Because now you're sharing the why behind you doing what you're doing, and people love that. And it's and I see this over and over again. And I coach primarily, you know, kind of speaking from the stage, but that that and telling your personal story on stage, and then ultimately selling what you have to offer. It's also the same when you're doing a, a one-on-one sales presentation. But I I hear like the audience just either pick up or put their phones down, and their ears are trained on. The speaker when they're telling their personal story because you know everybody loves a story but when it's super personal they're even more engaged in that conversation and you know getting to know who that person is.
0: Absolutely, and when I think about you know I would say TED talks are a really common format that we're that we're all pretty familiar with. And if you think of the TED talks or you know similar talks of any type that have been most compelling to you, whether they were pitching an idea or pitching a product or a service, they start with that personal story or the personal story comes up at some point. And if I'm talking about, you know, diversity, equity, and inclusion, I could just give a really passionate presentation on the importance of it as a topic and why people should think about it and I could produce statistics. But if I tell a personal story where I might've experienced or seen or even a story that somebody else might've shared with me, but even better, obviously, if I'm part of it, that provides that connection, that transparency, and really gives the, the validity behind what it is that I'm talking about. Some people might think, well, it's easy if, it, if you're in, you know, a personal coaching lifestyle wellness space to tell a personal story. But what if I sell plumbing fittings? Right. Or what if what if my company produces widgets and they're great widgets and and we love these widgets, but how do I really tie my personal story into the selling of widgets?
1: That's a really, really good question. And I get that a lot in and that question plus the question of my person personal story has nothing to do with like what I'm doing. There can always be a tie-in. And that tie-in could be, you know, you had a personal experience growing up that um, affected you like drastically and that's why you got into the field of selling that's why you got into the field of repping this particular type of product or that's why you feel like this product can absolutely solve people's problems it might seem on the surface difficult to connect the two but actually it's a lot easier than than most people would think
0: I really can see that connection. And I can actually start with a little bit of a personal story of mine, that when I moved to New York City without a job, because one can do that when you're 22, looking back, I'm like, ah. <laughs> um, I ended up stumbling into a job in investment research, and it was really interesting, and I learned a lot, but it was a very small business, and there was no real sales funnel or sales process. And wouldn't you know it, the business did not succeed. And being a part of a failed business was really traumatic. You know, as somebody in my early 20s, just like, I came to the city, I'm going to, you know, change the world. And then I was like, oh. And I swore to myself I would never work for a small business again. And then I heard from a recruiter that there was a small business that did sales training and coaching and consulting and playbook development. And they thought that I might be a good fit or an operational job? And I was like, oh my goodness, this is, this is terrifying. This is not what I was looking at. But as I met the CEO and the rest of the team and saw the great work that they were doing, helping clients not experience what I did, right? Helping people experience breakthroughs and helping companies develop systems and processes so they could be successful in sales. I have a passion for it. You know, I've never been somebody who had a sales job where that was my my number one thing. I'm involved in selling. I think just about everybody's involved in selling in some way. So I don't have a strong personal connection to the, to the selling piece, but I have a strong connection to when companies don't sell <laughs> and things <laughs> don't work out, the impact that that has on everybody in an organization. Yeah. Even if they have no access, no insight into what's going on with sales and the trauma that that causes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's one thing if you're, you know, a single person in your early 20s, it's not fun. But if I had a family that depended on me and the company failed, I mean, that that could be a, a si- significant trauma. And so I feel the passion for what it is that I do because of the way my personal story intersects, even though it's not kind of a direct connection. Is that an example um, like you're talking about?
1: That's a perfect example of what I'm talking about because it's actually, that's an easy correlation. I think that's an easy correlation between. Yeah,
0: I'm sure some people have a lot farther.
1: (laughs) Yeah. But you know what, what I would be interested to know is when you were talking to that CEO, was he sharing some stories with you?
0: Absolutely. And, you know, especially in a small business context, I think the way founders and CEOs often communicate is in those personal stories, Mm -hmm. right? Why did you start the company? That's a big leap to take. And there's generally a reason. It's not like I rolled out of bed today and I decided to start a company. (laughs) And so, and that's a lot of times actually how founders are able to sell really effectively, whether they're selling directly to an end client or whether they're having conversations with partners and investors and other people. And then they have a sales team And the sales team isn't the one that had the problem and founded the company. The sales team don't necessarily think about how their personal story connects. And the founder is just like, it's such an exciting thing that we're doing. It's so amazing. I can go out in there and have a talk, have a conversation. That's mind, you know, blowing for people. And then you go out and you're like, we have a button and it does this thing.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And and that's, you know, part of the, the sales leaders need to... Can put that story playbook together so it's always good to share the founder's story which is which is good that should be part of the presentation but also that salesperson's journey in terms of why are they selling for this company why are they repping this product because again people buy from those that they know like and trust and the bigger connection that you can make with the person that you're selling to the more likely it is that they're going to buy from you
0: absolutely and i think of just how many salespeople that I've seen leave organizations is when they don't feel connected to what it is that they're selling. And it is on leadership to have, as you said, that that founder story, that, that here's why we're doing what we're doing, you know. And part of it is story, part of it might even be mission, goals, whatever that, that might be. But then as a direct leader, as a direct manager, to actually have conversations with your team. Why are you here? What got you to take this job? What gets mm-hmm. you out of bed in the morning? And it's probably not that you just want to make money.
1: Yeah, I hope not.
0: I hope not. I hope not. I'm sure there are, you know, hey, we, we all do like things like being able to pay our rent, but there's there's yeah, a lot more to life than
1: that. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely.
0: All right. So we've kind of covered a lot of the why to tell your personal story, maybe a little bit about the how. Do you have any more Kind of people are like, okay, I get this. My story is, you know, a little bit different. Maybe it is about plumbing fittings or, or whatever it might be. Um, mm-hmm. But but I think we've talked about, you know, think back to why you joined the organization. What excites you about it? Then I think yeah. there's a lot of people who hear storytelling and freeze up. And they're like, well, yeah, Tom, you have a theater management degree. Like you got, you got trained on how to do this. I studied marketing. I studied, you know, electrical engineering, whatever it might be. Uh, how am I supposed to actually tell a story?
1: Yeah, no, that's great. And whether it's you know you're telling it to one person or you're telling it to you know a hundred people at a at a presentation, there's ways that you can use your body and your voice. To be able to portray what's going on in that story, that is a skill that is learnable, and it, and it's not that hard to learn either. Um, it just takes some feedback, and you could do that on your own in terms of video feedback or audio feedback, and seeing how you pr- how you are coming across to your potential audience. And a lot of speakers just love to write out their their speech, their their story, and then stand behind a podium and. Read it. And that is the so step number one, get rid of the podium, right? <laughs> and commit your story to your brain, which shouldn't be too hard because it's your story. You should be able to remember your story. And 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 just follow a very simple pattern. And this is kind of what I put into the storybook, uh, which I'm gonna be giving to your your audience if they like it. But is how to structure that story in a way that is is relatable to people. So the very first thing is to get that attention. And I call that the impact statement. So it's that do or die situation. And this is this is classic hero's journey. So it's that I use that framework in terms of building stories. But if you start with, well, on on the 12th of August I was born, and then you go chronological through your life, People are, you're going to bore your audience to death. <laughs> but, if you, but if you start with kind of that do or die, and for for instance, my one of my uh, signature stories that I use for sales training is on a Sunday afternoon, I was staring at my computer screen and tears started rolling down my face. Now, instantly intrigued, I would hope, and you know, people are like, well, why is a grown man crying and looking at a computer screen? That seems a little odd. And then I go on to, so that that's the attention getter. That's the impact statement to, to get people like, what's going on? And then the second is to then to back that up. And I was looking at my bank account, my bank balance. And I realized that in five days, this was Sunday. And by Friday, I was going to be $10,000 short because payroll and rent were were due on the same day. And so then I, and then I go on to explain now the journey that got me to that point and then what got me out of that situation, mm-hmm. the guides that helped me along the way, because you, as you're telling your story, you're the hero in that story. And you're going to talk about the villains, which could be thoughts. It could be people. It could be situations that, that are trying to keep you from attaining that goal or keeping that business running. And then you talk about the the guides that are there to help you and cheer you on and give you advice and you have this kind of roller coaster ride of all this stuff going on trying to get to that prize and then ultimately it happens or it doesn't happen but at the end of it you realize something very important about yourself and that's what you're sharing with your audience
0: mm-hmm. that's that's just so. It's so compelling and so simple when you describe it because I do think the where you start the story is where a lot of people struggle. And if you think of any great movie, any great book, I'm a big reader, it does not start with here are the characters and let me tell you about them. And let me give you all this context. And now we are here in this situation. Quite often it starts with who are these people? What are they doing? And you're you're interested in what's happening. And then they have, you know, all of those wonderful expositional people who have to who have to actually fill in the gaps. But it gets your attention first, because otherwise it's, you know, again, I was born and I, I grew up. Sure. <laughs> but that's not that's not what's really impactful when I think about what inspired you to actually turn your business around and turn your life around and and change things. You know, what got you to the point where you're actually giving this talk, where you're sharing these examples and these best practices? It also provides a level of credibility when you're telling your personal story. And it doesn't have to be, I was exactly where you are, but hey, I'm not coming in and saying I'm a superhero. I'm showing you, I've struggled. I've been through some things. And that's a lot more compelling to people someone coming in with like, you know, let me share my wisdom with you. It's, it's not very relatable.
1: Yeah, exactly. You know, it's, uh, what Maya Angelou says, you know, it's not what I'm going to butcher her quote, but it's how you make people feel that is going to keep them uh, like with you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think it's something, you know, people won't remember what you said or something else, but they'll remember how you, how you made them feel.
1: feel. And absolutely.
0: And that's exactly, you know, again, when you're thinking back to uh, a book or a movie or or a story that you love, you remember the big situations, but you might mess up the character's name (laughs) and you might mess up, you know, the different plot points in the order that they went, but you remember the big thing. And so when you're having these conversations in a business context, whether you're um, a founder, whether you're a key leader or you're, you're a seller, to think What's the compelling aspect of the story that I want people to remember? And maybe start with that. And then you can back up to how you got there and then what you did next. And the idea of, you know, usually a story isn't one bad thing happened and then I fixed it. Usually, like you said, there's villains along the way, there's challenges that you run into, there's roadblocks. I tried this and it didn't work. I tried this other thing and it kind of worked, but then it failed in this other way. And then, I got this help from somebody. I figured out this new thing. And it's a much more compelling story than just like up or, you know, down, right back up. If that happened, great. But I think most right. people's lives are not, you know, one bad thing happens and then everything after that is golden.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> definitely not linear in any stretch of the imagination. And and the other thing, too, that, you know, I warn people about is don't always assume that the story has to be a tragedy. Mm we have comedy in our life as well and there there's there should be some feel-good comedies maybe a rom-com or a sitcom or (laughs) you know something like that that that's going on in your life that you can share as a personal story because you the emotion is what's important and people love to laugh and they love to cry and those are the two things that will get credit cards out of people's pockets
0: yep but they probably don't want to sit there crying for an hour straight so, right. yeah, you don't want to be <laughs> gloomy salesperson. It is funny because a lot of times, and we, we'll say this too, you do need to focus on the pain and the problems that your clients are having, but you can't just be like, isn't, isn't everything just terrible? You know, don't, just look at all these things that don't work. You then are able to provide that uplift of here's how things can be better. Here's what we've seen in terms of people applying this solution. Here are the results. And the balance between the two is really important. You know, even you think of, you know, you've got a lot of times pretty angsty. I'm just going to keep coming back to movies and such. But it's funny because I do not really watch many movies. But you'll have the comic relief character, right? You, you do have to have those moments of lightness, even in a challenging story. And those come out in different ways. And again, thinking to presentations, you know, thinking of the stories that you've shared with yourself, you could tell those stories mm-hmm. in a really sad way. Yeah. And... And that might be impactful, but adding your own personality, your own sense of humor that I can hear coming out of you makes it much more engaging and makes me want to actually talk to you.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah, um, I, I recently saw Hamilton on stage and the one character that really stood out for me was the king because that was the comic relief. And the actor that was playing the part was just absolutely brilliant. I mean, it was it was it lightened the mood of kind of what could be a very heavy, heavy play. Um, but it was, it was, you know, the comic relief that everybody needed. And that's where, where, that's where humor comes because you can, you can build up all this tension in your audience and you're building this tension, building it, building it, building it. And then when you release that tension, that's where it's oftentimes that, Um, comic relief. So you'll get a laugh from the audience, which it may be appropriate, may not be appropriate laugh, but it's (laughs) that release of tension that that's happening. And that's part of the uh, great storytelling is how do you put tension on your audience and then take that and then relieve that tension at critical points to keep them engaged in the story.
0: And this might be going kind of too far. Tell me if it is, but There is an element, if you are selling, you are, you're wanting a moment of change. You know, you want somebody to take a leap. And so if you're providing that in the story that you tell and they're hearing about a change, they're hearing about, you know, something difficult to happen. And then here's a couple moments of lightness and other things. When you're sparking that, that change in tension, you know, the tension is built up and then you're you know, poking the balloon a little bit before it explodes and you're kind of putting them in the mindset of change, of of progress, of things moving forward. And that's a, that's a pretty healthy mindset to be in if I'm trying to get you to buy something from me, if I'm trying to get you to discover why you need to invest in the solution that it is that I have.
1: Yeah. I mean, if, if there's no problem there's no sale because there's no solution if there's no problem. So it's always kind of that tension is building up what that problem is, and then you relieve that with the solution that you have, which will solve that problem.
0: Yeah, and it balances out nicely and neatly, and it's super fun when you can figure that out. We have a central tool that we talk about with our clients that's so basic, but I think it's a core component of storytelling, which is, okay, so you have a product or a service And you've got features and benefits to that. Have you thought about what are the problems that each of those solves? And it should be a corollary, right? Every challenge that you run into in your story, there's what did you learn? How did you get past it? Every specific goal that you have, every outcome that you received, why is that important? Typically, it's because you had to make payroll and pay rent. And you're looking at your computer and realizing you're not going to be able to do that. So we need to hear in the story, were you able to make payroll? Were you able to pay rent? And and could you actually resolve the specific concerns that you have? Otherwise, it could be very unbalanced. And I'm left kind of wondering, okay, he's happy, but what happened there?
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, finish my story. Yes, I, I did fix it. <laughs> so.
0: I would imagine. Otherwise, I, I'd wonder about maybe we shouldn't air this podcast. Um, right. <laughs> but something that I also hear in your voice is you have just a kind of, you have a style of talking that's engaging. Is that something people can learn?
1: Absolutely. And
0: is that something people can work on? How would, if you're like, I come off kind of wooden, um, what are the things that that people might want to consider?
1: So, you know, I, I've obviously invested in, in personal development quite a bit and, and public speaking and, and things like that. And we're, you know, doing Toastmasters or just getting up and and giving talks, things like that, just to build that muscle of speaking in front of people and getting feedback, which is really, really important. So, you know, finding, you know, places where you can engage. And I did uh, improv, you know, up until, you know, I I moved away from the US, Um, I was doing improv and acting and, you know, like screen acting classes. And that was just a really great, tool to add to my sales tool belt because it enabled me for a couple things. One was being able to move my voice around as well as kind of that improv is, you know, especially in sales, you have to improv along the way and kind of find quick things to, to put together. And that's what improv is all about is, you know, keeping the story going in a, you know, oftentimes a very funny way. But I remember one coach always said that your voice is like a house. You know, most of the time you're on the first floor, but sometimes you need to go upstairs, hang out the landing, then go up to the the third floor. And and sometimes when you're really excited, you go up to the attic and the attic (laughs) is a great place because it's so much fun up there. But then serious times and really serious things happen down in the basement. Mm. And you have to be kind of, you know, really, really careful in the basement. But then, you know, most of life is happening on the first floor.
0: That's great. And I love that just as an image to have, because if you were to record yourself having a conversation with a loved one, first of all, what you're going to find is I bet you told a story. I bet you told more (laughs) than one story because we're storytelling all the time. You know, how was your day today? You answer with a story. And if you were to hear your voice, especially if you're talking to somebody that you know well, somebody that you love. You are going to hear the natural ups and downs. And I think one thing that we've maybe conditioned ourselves into in a business context is to strip that away and to be Mm -hmm. very much, I live on the first floor. It's a very, very simple ranch style home with no basement. And, And safe. Yes. Very, very boring, very safe, very nice. But it is an compelling when it comes to a story and that that really does lead into that feeling of you know maybe it it feels a little rote it feels a little just boring i can't really think yeah. of a better word than that
1: oh no right yeah and and you know there's there's different feelings that you can attach to to voice and a pitch and tempo you know like the soothing late night dj voice that mm-hmm. is, uh, you know, if you really would need to calm people down, you want to just kind of go go down that that route. Um, but if you're li- really excited, you're going to speak a little bit faster. You're going to go up in range, and you're going you're going to be a little louder as well, and your voice is going to go up. And it's like, oh my god, this is amazing! And then you know, you just oh, you know, life is normal. You're just kind of hanging out, and and things are good.
0: Huh, that's awesome. It makes so much sense, and yet um, it's something that I don't think we often think about is the kind of vocal effect that -hmm. we're producing. But as you said, it's conveying information about emotion, and it's also leading people. It's, you know, it's creating that (laughs) emotional impact. And that's what we want people to be able to do. And if we're just being just kind of thoughtless about it, we might be missing out on opportunities to make our point more effectively. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're big believers in if you're selling something, it needs to be something that you stand behind and that you're solving problems for people. And so if it's a right fit for somebody and if they decide to move forward with your solution, you're making their life better in some way. You know, maybe it's a luxury product and you're just providing them that that great experience or maybe you're solving a problem for them. But if you have that real solid connection to what it is that you're that you're selling and you truly believe in it then you want to think about how can I best convey that to people so I can get more people solving this problem more people experiencing this this solution and it's a really compelling thing as opposed to you know I feel kind of sleazy I feel kind of icky about it no it's exciting to yeah. see more people experience. The growth, the change that you can create.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And if, if you've gone through that yourself, then it's then it's even even better because now you can share that that personal experience. Like, you know, I, I shared with you, you know, the journey through my my fitness, owning my fitness business. And you know, I recently sold that um, about five years ago. I owned it for 10 years. And during that time, I was also coaching other fitness business owners for a coaching company and and selling that coaching program for that other company. And it was because of, and I, I think, <laughs> I know, you know I, I was doing small seminars and then selling at the end of that seminar, the $3,000 coaching program. And I was traveling all the world doing these seminars. And it was because I was using personal stories, I'd gone through the personal experience that a lot of these people were experiencing already that I was able to sell four million dollars worth of their product in three years. Mm. And you know, and still to this day, I you know, I just got a message the other day on, on Facebook and somebody says, Hey, you know, you 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 helped me with this problem when I was owning my fitness business and things have just really blown up and I I never had the opportunity to thank you. and, and when you can get somebody to thank you for selling them something then you yes. know you're doing the right thing.
0: Absolutely. And that's that's a really good metric actually for people. If they're if they're a little unsure, you know, am I in the right place? Am I doing something that I'm proud of? Would somebody thank you for it? <laughs> and if if they would, then you know you're adding value. You know you're you're in the right place. You're you're doing something to be proud of. That's amazing. Yeah. 100%. All right. Um, A question I always like to ask our guests is what are some trends that you're keeping your eyes on right now?
1: Well, I think it would not be complete these days without saying something about AI. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Just blowing up right now. And when it comes to storytelling, this this is great. This is like perfect for like an AI. They cannot tell your story. Yes. And that's where like, you know, And if, and if you try to get the AI to tell your story, that's going to be, it's going to be, that'll be interesting if you can do that, but you know, it's a combination of how to use AI appropriately to now help you craft your story in a very engaging way. So, you know, with some of the prompts within like chat GPT, you can, it will help you develop your story or an outline so that you are following the hero's journey, you are putting the aspects of your story into that framework, but you're not allowing, or the AI would never be able to create your story because it is your story, it's your brain. So it's using the two together. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's such a great point. One interesting use case that we've been seeing lately of people leveraging these AI tools is to help with goal setting. But Ooh. you can't have, you know, a chat tool tell you what your goals are. But to say, hey, here are my goals for this quarter. What are some goals I should set for maybe this month or this week? It's interesting to see what spits out. And it's not perfect, but, mm-hmm. you know, there's there's a level of input that you need to provide. But that idea of, you know, I fill in some details of my story and I say craft that into a compelling story. Maybe it can but it's going to be a lot more interesting <laughs> if I really think about, you know, what were the big pivot points? What were the times when everything could have gone wrong, but somehow didn't? And that is something that we all like to hear about because, first of all, it's, it's kind of permission. It's kind of a reminder that this person isn't saying they're perfect, it, that this person is going through trials and tribulations and difficulties. So I feel I feel comfortable talking to them about my problems and my challenges. But it's also just there's the connection that forms. That's just yeah. really, really different.
1: Yeah. I mean, there was a, a study done at, at Princeton um, years ago where they they did a functional MRI on a storyteller and then two listeners. And what they found is the same parts of the brain were lighting up in the storyteller as with the listeners. And it's that neuroconnection connection that you're creating that's so powerful when you're telling your personal story.
0: Absolutely. I, I remember reading about that and it's just so fascinating where if you tell a story about, you know, fitness and about that, that feeling of you're sitting at the table and looking at, at the clock, if you're telling that fitness story, potentially in your brain, lighting up are actually even the areas related to the kinds of exercises that you did when you were doing. I mean, it's it's fascinating how that works. But then if I'm listening to that story, that lights up. And then you tell the story about sitting at your dining room table and looking at the looking at the spreadsheet and realizing um looking at your bank accounts and th- that, that part of your brain lights up and that part of my brain lights up. And it's amazing how that really works. And, and we don't recognize just the, the sheer power that comes with that and the impact i mean so often I'm just going to going to beat this one but yeah. it's you know, people hear storytelling and they're like okay i got to i got to include a story um, do we have a client yep so they had a problem we solved the problem okay check the box have a story and they're they're missing out on potential to have this really impactful exchange this really impactful conversation and instead just getting you know a sad pale version of it instead of the rich benefit that they could have in that story. So yeah, that's wonderful.
1: Absolutely. Yep.
0: All right. You touched on one a little bit before, but what are some resources you would recommend to our listeners? These can be your own resources or, you know, any guides or books or podcasts or anything that you've found have really helped you on your journey.
1: Yeah. So if you're going to be doing any kind of public speaking or even in sales, you know, I highly recommend taking either acting classes or improv and just exercising that muscle in, in the brain, your, and your voice, so that you can start to think, you know, on your feet, you can, you know, and especially if you're giving talks, like how to structure the talk, but also how to perform it so that it becomes very interesting for the audience. So yeah, definitely like Toastmasters is great for kind of getting that, that primer, for, for public speaking, um, and getting some of the, the structure of giving, doing talks down. And then, you know, to advance along that would be to find some improv groups and every town has them to just kind of, you know, as an amateur, it, you know, it's a fun, you get to meet interesting people, you know, and you know, do some performances as, as well. And everybody loves to watch their friends, you know, do improv. So it's kind of, it's a really fun activity as well. So that that's what I would recommend in terms of getting better at at telling your story and public speaking. And then in terms of finding the story itself, um, I have my uh storybook um resource that I'll give out as well. And that helps you find that story first that's gonna have the most emotional impact, and then how to craft that into the hero's journey. So now you have a good story base to go out and, and practice
0: that's wonderful thank you so much for that we'll make sure to include a link to where people can access that in the show notes
1: awesome
0: all right tom if listeners want to learn more about you and your work where can they find you aside from traveling to taipei which sign me up
1: and absolutely dumplings are amazing here
0: (laughs) it's lunchtime you're mean
1: sorry i just i had dumplings for for dinner tonight and it was it was it was great yeah (laughs) So, yeah, TomJacobs.com. So it's T-O-M-J-A-C-K-O-B-S.com. That's my website. Bunch of resources there. And then, you know, I'm on LinkedIn and and Instagram and Facebook a little bit. Not so much Twitter.
0: (laughs) All of the places, all of the things. All right. We'll make sure to include those links in the show notes as well. Thank you so, so much for joining me today, Tom. I have so enjoyed our conversation.
1: Oh, me too, Elizabeth. Thank you.
0: And thank you to all of our listeners for tuning into today's show. You can find the notes and resources for everything we've been talking about today at criteriaforsuccess.com slash pod374. If you enjoyed the show, please recommend this to a friend. That's the best way to help more people discover it. And if you haven't subscribed, make sure you do that now. You can subscribe for free wherever it is that you're listening. We love feedback. You can leave us ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts. Or email us if you've got questions, feedback, or even suggested guests that we should talk to. You can reach us at podcast at criteriaforsuccess.com. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at CFS Playbook and the blog at criteriaforsuccess.com slash insights. Let's Talk Sales is a production of Criteria
1: for Success. What are you doing to enable buying today?